You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yes, we are off and running on this Wednesday, February 12th. Good morning. Welcome in. We're basically mid-February, right? It's fair to say it's mid-February now. We're almost halfway through the worst month weather-wise of the year. So there's some good news on a Wednesday morning. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Lots to do. Plenty to run through, right? 60 minutes to do it all. Can we do it? Well, if you're a regular listener, you know, probably not. But you know what? Let's try anyway. Nobody ever got anything done by saying, no, probably not. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776, in case you can't figure it out. I am on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. Pulled another one out of the fire, people. Did it again. Uh, today is Wednesday, so we are scheduled to have headlines. Florida man, very, very busy. Moment of inspiration. We'll have that, of course. We do every day, whether or not we really actually have one or not. So a lot to run through. And let's start. Where else? But at the beginning. It's another day, another development on the Houston Astros and their cheating scandal. And really can't wait to see what Major League Baseball can try to do today to turn the focus away from what has been, at least so far, you'd have to say, in terms of actual sports, this has been the story of 2020 so far. Kobe Bryant's story is a different story, but in terms of the actual sports, the actual sport involved, the baseball cheating scandal of the Houston Astros has been one that we've spent more time focusing on because it's an interesting story and it's got a lot of layers to it. So the Astros are now arriving at spring training and apparently, I don't know if you saw this or not, their players are expected to meet with the owner, Jim Crane, to come up with a strategy. Let's come up with a little strategy. How are we going to attack this huge baseball scandal that we are involved in? How do we go about this? Hmm. Maybe have a little conversation. Maybe sit around the big conference room table and, uh, you know, spitball some ideas. And they can come up with whatever strategy they would like. They have not so far hit on a winning strategy. I can say that. In terms of strategies, they need something where they can bang on a garbage can so that they know what's coming. They should know what's coming in terms of questions, but that does not mean that they have been able to handle it well, quite like they know what pitch is coming. And I don't think that no matter what strategy they want to try to come up with, it's not going to diminish the interest in this story because the interest is there. There is a constant stream of stories from one angle or another, and it's going to happen again, not just when the Astros answer questions and whatever fallout there is from those questions being answered, but at some point, Major League Baseball is going to get around to punishing the Red Sox, and it's going to start this whole thing all over again. And you know, because of the level of interest that people are digging into this story to try to find any other angle that has already not been surfaced, and there's a good chance that we're going to have more of these stories, and it's just going to feed the fire. And one of the reasons why, and it probably the biggest reason why, from the Astros' point of view, that this story is not going to stop now is because it does not feel like Major League Baseball has gotten to the bottom of it at all, or really wants to. So whether or not anyone comes out and ever confirms that the Astros players were wearing buzzers, 
That remains to be seen. That would take a whole lot of guts either to do it you know, anonymously or actually putting your name on it. To have actual proof of that is a lot harder than the garbage cans, right? Somebody can float that idea out there and then you can go back and listen and all these type of things. To have the buzzers, that's going to be a lot harder to do, especially when as closely as uh, Jose Altuve wants to uh, guard his shirt. But as the poll question showed yesterday, it's impossible in this day and age to get people to agree on basically anything. It's impossible. Yesterday, what did we end up getting? 95% of people, 95% of people say that they absolutely believe that the Astros were wearing buzzers at some point. And I do too. You would have to be an absolute moron to be able to discount it. Based on the fact you know they cheated. All of a sudden now they're going to cheat in – actually, they started cheating in 16. They started trying to put it together in 16, but then they absolutely cheat in 17. They continue on in 18, and now all of a sudden you're, you're led to believe that, you know what, the super effective thing that we're doing and led us to winning a World Series, you know what, this is wrong. We should stop. Okay. Well, yesterday you get the story from The Athletic, basically details how Carlos Beltran not only created the system, but also how he was essentially the kingpin. And basically nothing anyone would have said or done or tried to do would have gotten him to stop. Not Brian McCann, not A.J. Hinch. And from the article, quote, you're an accessory to a robbery and now you're in the backseat of the getaway car. You never intended to be part of a criminal act, but the doors are locked. The driver is speeding away and you're unable to escape. One member of the 2017 World Series champion Astros uses that analogy to explain the feeling in the clubhouse as the team deployed a real-time sign-stealing scheme that season. So much like the uh, the Wall Street Journal article in regards to Jeff Lunau, this article really puts all the blame at the feet of Carlos Beltran. That even when... A veteran player such as Brian McCann went to Beltron and said, you shouldn't be doing this, that he basically steamrolled everybody, including A.J. Hinch. And it feels like the removal of any responsibility from A.J. Hinch, it just every day it seems like another example of how this guy is clearly going to be a manager again. That much is clear. And the way he's been portrayed in both the MLB interview on Friday and this story well, you know, he was just powerless to stop it. What? Well, what could he do? Well, he could have done anything. He could have done something rather than just anonymously bang on the monitor to try to get players to realize he didn't like it. So he could have done basically anything and it would have been more than what he actually did. And it's just crazy to me that this guy who, I mean, you'd have to say at this point he's willing to admit there was nothing he could have done to stop it. But you're going to give him another managerial position, which, who knows, based on the punishment here, I I can't believe that it's going to serve as that much of a deterrent to any other player. So what happens the next time? Say A.J. Hinch gets another job and some other player, maybe not this type of system, but something down the same road, how would A.J. Hinch ever be able to stop it? This was a team that he was guiding at the time. You would think he would have some credibility there, but apparently not. 
But it's very fitting now that it almost feels like the Jeff Lunau article, as I said, in the Wall Street Journal, where all the blame is being put on him because he's an easy target. And right now, because Carlos Beltran's not managing, and you wouldn't think he's probably ever going to get a managerial opening now, that uh, it's very easy. If you're going to put blame on somebody who it's not going to affect their future because their future is already determined, you're not going to put it on Alex Cora. You're not going to put it on A.J. Hinch. You're going to put it at Carlos Beltran and Jeff Lunau because it certainly seems like Jeff Lunau is going to have a much harder time ever getting another job in Major League Baseball similar or anywhere close to what he had before, whether or not he gets any job whatsoever. And Carlos Beltran seems like another very easy target because it's pretty clear when you get fired from a managerial job, even before you have done a single day in that managerial job, chances are you're not going to get another managerial job. So it's more and more, and more clear as time goes on. A.J. Hinch is absolutely going to manage again, which is nuts. And it's also pretty clear that the more time goes on, the more stories to come out, the more details that become available. It's pretty clear that the punishment handed down by Major League Baseball over time, if not already, will be absolutely a slap on the wrist to the Houston Astros. So that's not the only story involving MLB. You still have this proposal, this plan, whatever. And we did talk about it yesterday, but about expanding the postseason. And, you know, sometimes, maybe I shouldn't say this, but sometimes you get a story and you have an initial reaction to it. But the more time that maybe you look at it or you see it from a different point of view, your opinion changes. Something originally sounds ridiculous, but then when you have the chance to maybe stew in it for a little while, you know, you see it from a different point of view. And with this story about the expansion of the Major League Baseball postseason, the more time I've had to think about it, actually, as it turns out, the more I hate it. I hated it originally. I hate it more. And maybe by tomorrow, I'll even hate it even more than I do now, which doesn't really seem possible. And I think it's because I keep hearing people who say they love baseball, who think it's great. Hey, this is great. This will draw up interest. Oh, people are going, fans are going to be so into this. This is going to be fantastic. More postseason. That's what everybody loves. Baseball can be like the other sports. They have to get with the times and be like the other sports. They have to be like the NFL. They have to be like the NBA. They have to be like the NHL. Nobody's actually said that, but I'm, I'm creating a straw man. Stay with me here for a second. Major League Baseball is different. Different, in this example, is good. It's good to be different. Major League Baseball, right now, has one thing most of the other sports don't have but should want. That is a regular season that is actually important. Even with the expanded with the wild cards that they have right now, the Major League Baseball regular season is important. And we say this all the time, right? You're one of those wild, you play that wild card game and you lose that wild card game. And even though you are technically a playoff team, it feels like you never made the playoffs. That's good. You want to have a regular season that's not meaningless. The NBA doesn't have that. Why do you think that they're toying with that dopey idea of in-season tournaments? The NHL regular season 
goes on forever. It's basically meaningless. College basketball, outside of the diehards, nobody cares about it until you're betting on it. Major League Baseball has this important regular season, and there are actually people who are saying, you know what, let's throw that away so we can be like everybody else. Newsflash. You, Major League Baseball, will never be the NFL. The NFL is different. Their regular season is important because they have 16 games. That's it. Putting basically half the teams in baseball into the playoffs is a horrendously bad idea. What the hell is the point? Why are you ramming your head against the wall for 162 if half the teams in the sport are going to go to the playoffs? Well, you know, it doesn't hurt the other sports. Yes, it does. Those regular seasons are pointless. Why do you think you have players in the NBA sitting out game after game after game because they realize the only thing that's important is the playoffs? Regular season's not important. Well, maybe we can put even more teams in the playoffs. You know what? Let's play six months and eliminate, like, five teams. And then everybody just gets in the playoffs. You know what? Let's just start with the playoffs. You know, let's go to spring training and then go right to the playoffs. The whole thing is playoffs. That'll be great. Because we all know more is always more. Less is not more. More is more. Just more, 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 more. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This also is not going to create more interest. Young kids are not going to become fans because you're doing some stupid selection show after the season's over. Hey, guys, maybe figure out a way to not have the games end at 1 in the freaking morning. If you want to get more interest, that might be a way. No, we have to do some selection show because that's what the NCAA tournament does and everybody's into that. Yes, because they're all betting on it. Well, then come up with some system where the baseball playoffs, everybody in the office can have a pool and you bet on That's Go back to the whole, everybody makes the playoffs. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not going to fix any of the things that people are saying. It's, it's going to fix tanking. Shut up. Teams can stop tanking right now if they want to. Nobody actually thinks this is a good idea. The only baseball doesn't think this is a good idea. They just realize this is a fantastic way for the owners to make more money. So if you're somebody in the media who's going to come out and say this is such a great idea, just be honest about it. Just say, you know what? Even though I have no dog in this fight, it's not going to get me anything in my pocket more. I want to be on the side of making the owners more money. Let's get them as much money as humanly possible. That's what this is about. So I'm in favor of that. And if that's what you're in favor of, good. I think it's a weird thing to be in favor of, but at least be honest about it. Be out there. Be open about it. And don't BS us with, no, this will be great for interest. Oh, you'll be super into it. Yeah, I'll be super into it because I like baseball. This is not.
not the way to grow the game or get more fans involved in the game. It's a way to make the owners the most money. So they get a better TV deal the next time, and they can make more money that way, and less and less people will care about the regular season. Fantastic idea. Hey, let's take this precious jewel that we have that nobody else has, and let's throw it in the trash because everybody else has this uh, stupid thing that we have to have now too. Everybody's got to be the same. Everybody's got to be the same. Maybe we can uh, – we can. You know what you do? The NBA has the three-point shot. Maybe if you hit the ball in a certain spot in the, in the outfield, you get two runs instead of one for a home run. Maybe it's a, it's a multiplier. It's like the, the New Jersey lottery thing. That, do what everybody else is doing. That's the way to really set yourself apart. Be like everybody else. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It's a wonderful Wednesday. Speaking of things that will make you just pull your hair out and ram your head into a wall and say, what planet am I on? You have the New York Knicks. Boy, that rebranding effort's going swimmingly, isn't it? That's going great. So we'll get into that coming up. We'll take your phone calls, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I think my cold is finally broken, and I think I did it by screaming. You know, screaming doesn't get enough credit for the good that it does in society. But sometimes you need to do it. So we'll get into that coming up. Our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. I came up with it uh, today. It was. I'm not going to tell you it's one of the golden ones, but it's there, and it's there for you. And it is. Clearly the changes are coming for the Knicks in the offseason. So once this season is over, who should they hire to be the next head coach of the Knicks? Should it be Jeff Van Gundy? Should it be Tom Thibodeau? Should it be Mark Jackson? Or should they just keep Mike Miller? So we'll get into what the actual correct answer is, because it might surprise you. All right, so I got my baseball stuff out of the way, and it's just sim- it's just a simple request. Nobody, anywhere, actually is trying to believe that anywhere, anyone, anywhere thinks that the devised playoff restructuring or, or, or format or whatnot is a way to get more interest in the sport. It is being done simply to improve the chances that the owners get a better TV deal in the next round of negotiations, whenever that is. So if you are in favor of this proposal, it's not about making the sport better. It's not about improving the interest level for fans. It's none of that. It is simply about making sure that the owners get as much money, more money than they can right now, because everybody wants more playoffs. The, the networks want more playoffs. There's more eyes in the play. Great. But just come out and say, the reason I like this is because I really want the owners to make more money. That For whatever reason, I don't know why that would be something that you're interested in. But if you're into this, that's why you have to be into it. Because that's the design of it. It's not about any of those other things that people will tell you it's about. <clears throat> okay. That's out of the way. Then you have your New York Knicks. I saw Julie, I saw a headline in the Post. Julius Randle eyeing Knicks playoff push in dominant stretch. Ha, ha, now, in fairness to him, if you actually read the article, he's not. That's not what he's – he did not say that at all. But how does this even come out out loud? How, how, would, how would one put that out there? What he did say was, quote, it's always significant to make the playoffs for that experience. I still haven't had it. <laughs> No, this is super important. I've never done it myself, 
but it's super, super important. Can you imagine the Knicks making the play? What would be the value in that? Hey, it's going to be super valuable to go and get our heads handed to us by Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. That is going to be super important for them to come in and just abuse us in every, you're 17 and 37. The playoffs, which don't worry, it would never happen in a billion years, but the playoffs would be the absolute worst thing for the Knicks. Absolute worst thing. Oh, my goodness. And look, oh, my goodness is something you find yourself saying often when it comes to the New York Knicks. First, you have the report yesterday. I don't know if other people saw this, but the athletic reporting that uh, Worldwide West is not going to be part of the Knicks front office. But apparently, someone who is, is Steve Stout. Steve Stout was, uh, for some reason, giving an interview yesterday on First Take. I can understand why First Take would want him. I don't, I'm not exactly sure why the Knicks would give approval to give him the leeway to go and uh, have an interview. And Stout is the, uh, I guess, marketing guru that the Knicks have hired to make them cool again. Let me let me give you that again. It might have passed by. The 17 and 37 Knicks have hired Steve Stout as the marketing guru. He was going to make them cool again. 17 and 37. How do we make this cool? Like peeing in your pants is cool. How do we make peeing your pants cool? It's the coolest. Everybody's doing it. So here's Steve Stout. I guess where should we begin here? There's so much here. Here he is talking about what can you do to fix the Knicks image. We got to get athletes to believe that they can come here and actually be them best be them best selves. I mean, that hasn't that hasn't transpired over recent times and I understand some of the reasons why. We got to solve that issue. Um, I just think there's a, a culture of of winning and excitement that New York City has. Uh, New York City is the the hub of sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. And it started moving around. My job is to bring it back. Toronto Raptors, they brought in Drake, right? They brought in Drake to bring that thing. The New York Knicks brought in me. All right. All right. A lot to, lot to digest there. It says there's a lot of reasons why they've not had that success. Yes, they have not had good players, good coaches, and a good organization. That's what it has to do with. And any focus on anything other than that is not something I'm interested in, nor should you. I don't care that the Knicks have good halftime entertainment. I don't care if the Knicks have a good pregame show, postgame show, halftime show, aftergame show, any show. I'd like the show to be what happens during the game, that's all I'm. That's all I care about, and that should be all you care about. Win games. I mean, this is so basic. The fact that they can't even get this much right really makes you concerned about the direction. Where again, you are sitting right now with pretty much a blank slate. This is again starting over, which needed to happen. Needed to absolutely happen. But whether or not, you know, if you've, if you've had 
20 canvases in a row where the person who's painting the picture is just throwing paint at the even if you start with a new canvas, unless you take a different approach to how you're going to paint on the canvas, it's still going to be an absolute mess. Of course, Steve Stout did not end there. Here he continues on first take talking about the the need for changes. But there had to be a change, right? So there this is firing change. Mills. He that didn't fire Mills. Let me stop that again. Hold on. He didn't fire Mills. He wanted to make that much clear. But that change, a change there needed to happen. And he's absolutely 100% right on that. Okay, so here's Steve Stout on other changes. But there had to be a change, right? So there is a change. That change will bring a new coach uh, and, 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 and new coaches that are going to help develop these younger players, right? And they got some young superstars. You see R.J. Barrett, Mitch Robinson. Uh, they, got some, they, got some, they got something to work with. Um, and getting a coach in there. Uh, ultimately getting a, a coach and a coaching staff that's going to help develop the team. That's like, that's what I expect to happen so that we can actually get to what you expect from a New York team. But those things take time. And I can only talk about it from today. So there he's basically telling you that Mike Miller has no shot of being back here with the Knicks uh, after this season. You know, there's going to be new coaches. We're going to have to develop players. We have some stuff here. Uh, he's... Uh, I can't see how he could actually truly believe that. But here he is on why did he take this job? Steve Stout. I'm a Knicks fan. I didn't tap out like uh, Max did. Oh, I tapped out a long time Yeah, so I'm not tapping out. That's number one. Number two, as a marketer, man, you this is the greatest city in the world, man. And you have the most iconic franchise. I talked about this. You look at whether it's the Manchester United or the New York Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys. It's the New York Knicks. You have... A franchise that's synonymous with the sport himself, with the sport itself. Like, of course I want to do that. And I'm going to be a big part of turning it around. All right. So there you go. There's a little taste of Steve Stout from First Take yesterday. And uh, the Knicks then came out and uh, made a statement uh, about uh, his comments. And look, the this should concern you more than anything else. And our poll question, which is up for today, is on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is focusing on who the Knicks Next head coach should be. Should it be Van Gundy, Thibodeau, Jackson, or Keith Mike Miller? What an interview like that shows you and the Knicks statement and the Knicks decision to focus on this rather than focusing on the actual basketball aspects of the team shows you that whoever the next coach is, is really not all that important. Unless they fix things structurally within the organization for Leon Rose to come in whenever his press conference is going to be, whenever they make that hiring official, unless they fix things at the top and actually have a, a, a line of command and people put in positions where they know what their job is, they know what their job is not, and what the focus should be, rather than branding gurus or marketing executives – Fix the product on the court. That's the only thing that matters. And if you do that, you will get the other things. If you don't do that, you could hire P.T. Barnum. It's not going to matter. The only thing you should be worried about is not making the Knicks more exciting, making the Knicks cool, making the Knicks win. Win, 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 win. That's the only thing that should be the focus. 
not about making them cool or making them the focus of free agents. And again, the I don't know how much Steve Stout is actually going to have any say. One of the problems with the Knicks organization, it feels like behind the scenes, it's Game of Thrones, man. And everybody's kind of fighting for their little piece of the pie, and there's not really any line of command. And that interview yesterday, while there's a lot of troubling things about it, the focus of what the team is going to be, and, and, and certainly it seems like it's going to be the chasing of stars, which has failed time and time and time again. Unless they get the other aspects of the organization fixed for once and for all, even with a blank slate right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. In terms of the poll question, it doesn't matter if it's Jeff Van Gundy. It doesn't matter if it's Tom Thibodeau. It doesn't matter if it's Mark Jackson. It doesn't matter who the coach is going to be. Because the problem surrounding the Knicks right now is bigger than whoever the coach is. Wanted by George. 106-97. Sixers. Morris to the cup. Do not go in there. Joel Embiid. Morris and Embiid did get into it earlier this season when Morris was a member of the New York Knicks. Simmons, spin, kick, thigh ball, bottom. All right, so there you go. Sixers getting a win last night against the Clippers. Your moment of inspiration, I eagle the call on TNT. Hey, it's the biggest heavyweight title fight in decades as world champion Deontay Wilder faces lineal champ Tyson Fury. Live from Las Vegas, two undefeated heavy hitters square off for the second time in the most anticipated rematch in recent heavyweight history, Saturday, February 22nd, 9 p.m., Live on pay-per-view. And before we go to the calls, 1-800-919-ESPN, I did want to, A, read the statement from the Knicks yesterday. After that interview that Steve Stout did, uh, he said the statement was, quote, while Steve Stout is a valued contributor to the Knicks' marketing and branding efforts, he does not speak on behalf of the New York Knicks personnel and basketball operations. Any decisions regarding the operations of the team will be made by the new president of the New York Knicks. And then Stout also had a, a statement in that statement by the Knicks, quote, in my excitement to defend the Knicks on live TV today, I inadvertently insinuated about Knicks personnel. I look forward to working with the Knicks management to elevate the great Knicks brand moving forward. But does anybody actually believe that? Does anybody actually believe that Steve Stout, who has now been brought on as this marketing guru and branding genius doesn't have the ear of the owner. And if he has the ear of the owner, while the owner might say, you know what, Steve, that's completely uh, up to Leon Rose or whoever's hired as the next president. Does anybody actually believe that that is not something that will, will take place, that the owner will listen to this person and that person and, and maybe make decisions based on that? So until that part of it gets focused and, and, and it is proven that it's going to actually take place – the the president of the team is going to run the basketball operations. It's hard for me to believe. And another quote, uh, quote that he gave yesterday in question that was asked about what was the biggest challenge in this rebuild, if you really want to be concerned about what, are the Knicks going to do this the right way, right? Like everybody's saying you got to give Leon Rose time. you got to give him the chance to, to, to put his plan in place. It's got to be better than the plans you've had recently. This is an example of of why you should be concerned. I think the biggest thing is getting free agents and players to know that this is the place that they should show up at. This is the way they should be. Um, I think that's that narrative has been lost. So players haven't come, uh, free agents hasn't come, and if we can sort of solve that problem, which I know we will, 
um, we have a great chance. We're the most iconic league. In, we're the most iconic team in the league by far. I mean, I get that he is supposed to say crazy things. I mean, that's just not even remotely true. <laughs> it's not – I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks have not won anything in 40 years. I mean, come on. You can't say that the most iconic brand in the league. They might be the most uh, profitable. That's great. It has nothing to do with success. And I think that that's what no, – no fan, much like the baseball, no fan should be sitting back and saying, well, you know what? The Knicks are the most profitable team. We got that going for us. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how much the the owner makes or doesn't make. Who cares? Win games. Win championships. That's what we care about. All right, let's get to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Sal is in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordo. You know, Gordon Gecko in the movie Wall Street said greed is good. You know, greed is not good. You know, the owners are making money hand over fist. You know, I go back to the day when, you know, you had one pennant winner, you know, eight teams in each league. And I get it. You know, expansion comes along. you got to do something. But the way they have it now is basically perfect. You know, being unique is something that's good in sports these days. You know, I mean, you, you got the division means something now. Winning your division means something now. You go to this other format now. It's like, who wants to see, you know, a 79, you know, and an 82 team make the playoffs? I don't want to see that. You got that in base, uh, in basketball. You got that in, in, in hockey. The season's long enough as it is now. So, you know, now they're going to make the season even more, you know, not meaningful. You know, you know what I'm saying? It just drives me nuts that they're looking at the other leagues as the way they want to be, whereas they'd be better focusing on what they do well and why fans are interested in them. And look, if they want to drive interest, if they want to get more fans into uh, watching games or, or more eyeballs on TV, I, look, that's of course, that's what you should be wanting to do. And I think it's about trying to appeal to the younger fan and not having these playoff games now that they're so much of a focus. Imagine how many eyeballs would be on those playoff games if kids who had school the next day could actually stay up beyond the third inning of these games or the fifth inning of these games. These games end at 1 o'clock in the morning. And they wonder why, you know, there's not enough young fans. Now, I don't, I've, I've never really bought into the idea that the, 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 the young fans are are never going to be baseball fans. No, but that is a a restriction you're placing on yourself because you're looking for the most money. You want it to be in prime time. You want the games to be in. I get it. And I'm not saying go back to Sunday doubleheaders. I got stuff to do with my life. I don't, I'm not sitting around the ballpark for two games back to back. But this idea that you're going to now your, – your focus is, well, let's be like the other sport. Let's be like basketball. Nobody cares about the basketball regular season. There's a reason why the basketball league is trying to come up with this dopey in-season tournament to try to drive some interest for the regular season. Nobody cares about it. It's pointless. It's got to Lewis and Whippany. Lewis. Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, man. Hey, you, you came out spitting fire, man. You, you – you were like one incoherent uh, sentence away from being a Stephen A. Smith, pretty much. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. That's a, that's a high bar to climb, that friend. No, I'm telling you, you were one incoherent sentence from from being out there. Also, man, you got to tell us to like pull over or something. That guy claiming putting himself in the same place as Drake literally almost ro- uh, drove off the the road, dude. You, you got to give us a warning. 
But uh, I, I, mean, I don't care about Drake. Like, <laughs> are people caring about the Raptors because of Drake, or are they caring because of the Raptors are good? It's not that man. It's just like here, here in the interview, and they out of nowhere, like I can say, the Raptors had Drake. <laughs> that takes at me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, I know. So anyways, listen. So uh, who do you think will benefit more from this, right? And right now, you know, Miles Garrett's situation is still out there. Like the the NFL still hasn't. Uh, uh, completely uh, gone through all of that. Uh, do you think it would be more beneficial to MLB, you know, having the scandal with the Astros, if the NFL came out and, you know, pretty much put out what they're going to do with Miles Garrett, or would it be more beneficial for the NFL since the a- a- MLB is dealing with the Astros scandal pretty much? I, I don't know. Lewis, i got to be honest. I don't even understand the question. Oh, oh my well, God. Well, <laughs> well, 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 beneficial to so, who? So, so, so like, look, who, who do you think? will benefit from it more, like, you know, taking uh, heat away from, from what's happening. You know, everybody's focused on MLB right now because of the yeah. scandal. Do, do you think the NFL will, like, just, just put it out there right now so it just goes away and, and they don't have to I, deal with it? Lewis, I think it's already gone away. I don't think anybody's focusing on Miles Garrett right now. And unfortunately for Major League Baseball, a lot of it its own doing, there's nothing they're going to be able to do to not make this entire season about the Astros and the scandal. Because it feels like the story, the story's not over. It feels like there's still more details that are going to come. And it's going to pop up every couple of days. There's going to be another development. People are interested in it. Fans are interested in it. Thus, media members are going to look for any fine detail that they can come up with and find and, 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 and share. That people will flock to that story next. You're going to have the Red Sox angle of it when, whenever that punishment eventually comes down. And, man, forget it. If, if there's ever any sniff, any evidence whatsoever that a player – now, it's going to be tough. But if there's ever a story where a player comes out anonymously, puts their name on it, however, and says, no, I know for a fact that the Astros did wear buzzers, well, when, forget it. It's going to blow up the whole season. And Major League Baseball is going to look like absolute idiots if that ever comes out. And maybe that's one of the reasons why it won't. Maybe the player, you know, whatever player doesn't want that on their conscience. Maybe Mike Fires regrets coming out and, and saying what he said. But if that ever comes out, man, whoa, watch out. That is going to be an absolute terrible look for Major League Baseball. All right, let's run through some calls. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. D is in Queens. D, go, my man. Um, basically, with Steve Stout um, from the music world, uh-huh. he's a very hated guy by a lot of people because he's shady and underhanded. Okay. And that interview is a taste of what's coming. Good luck. He fits in with the Knicks culture, and that's not saying a good thing. No, if, if, they, not, if they're not, not changing the culture and they're not changing the approach, then the results are not going to change either. So, No, but he fits just right in in their negative culture. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, good luck. Well, look, I, I, I'm willing to give people a chance, but when he says the things that he said on that show yesterday, that did not that, that did not quell any concerns that you might have had about the whatever direction the Knicks are going to go because it doesn't feel like it's a change of direction at all. It's just a change in the names at the top of the list. He's just as shady as the rest of the Knicks. That's, that's all I'm trying to tell you. Right. When I say people hate him, people wanted to fight him in the hip-hop community. Well, look, like, straight up. I, 
D, I don't know the details of that, and he's a marketing guy, so I'm sure that there's going to be parts of that that you know certain people are going to like you, certain people are going to hate you. So I don't I don't know the ins and outs of that part of it. I'm just focusing on what the approach is going to be moving forward. The fact that this guy is even giving an interview, like what what was the point of him even giving an interview? Now I understand why First Take is interested in him because the Knicks hire this branding guru when they're 17 and 37 and have not won anything basically in 20 years. I get it. You you want to talk to that guy. But the fact that he was making it seem like, now afterwards he made it, no, no, I'm not going to have any say in the person. No, it's clear that that's the way the Knicks have operated for a while. And it's not just the Knicks. Other organizations, when they have a, a, a problem at the top, a lot of times the owner listens to the last person he talked to. And there's people that get in the inner circle and out of the inner circle, and it's not really based on what your job title is. It's about sometimes just whoever has the favor of That happened with George Steinbrenner a lot. During the, the rough years of George being the owner, and he was – that one thing he said about, you know, there was times where George was, was – hate. absolutely that's true. George was as hated as anyone in this town. But they got that fixed, and th- that was after George had won – George came in early on and had success right away. And then it was after 79, 80, 81 that they really fell on hard times. And the Yankees were the laughing stock. And George got suspended. They were able to build up the farm system. Were actually able to build an organization. And then they added free agents and all those type of things. And then the winning came back. And that's what the Knicks got. The Knicks got to focus on building something on their own before they can worry about free agents and chasing the stars that they do all the time. Anthony's in Staten Island. Anthony. Hey, good morning. Um, I guess I wanted to comment on Manfred's uh, proposal. I, I, You know, I was kind of shocked that, you know, guys like Trevor Bauer, you know, would scorch him like that. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, look at Trevor Bauer's Band-Aid YouTube Um came out in November before anything, and he basically was joking around about the Astros. Oh, Looked yeah. It up. It's yep. Yeah, no, I, I, you know what, Anthony, it's funny you say that because I remember retweeting that. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe it was a couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I like Bauer. He's generally, like, kind of an open-minded person, but, you yeah, know. I feel like he just attacked. It felt like a very easy, like, he just doesn't like Rob Manfred and realizes that Rob Manfred may not be a popular character. I'll have to go back and look at what he actually had to say. It just felt like a very um, a, a cheap shot kind of uh, on his part. I, I didn't like the yeah, way, and I, and, thinking, and I agree with him on the point. I was thinking that it, 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 you know, I was thinking that he probably had other issues with him. But, but here's the thing, right? I look at it like, you know, it, it, at least when you compare it to other sports, right? Baseball is probably in the best position where, like, like say for the Knicks, say the Knicks, God forbid, got in as an eight seed, right? There's no way they'd ever beat the no, Bucks, right? No. Whereas in baseball, if if you have a team that's, you know, kind of 500, I mean, who knows? They, they, they're, it Absolutely. happens all the time, Got right? Hot. Yeah, sure. So Pitching lines up. I kind of feel like it would work better in baseball if they did have, you know, and I'm not saying the exact proposal. I'm a little bit iffy on the whole pick your team thing, but the idea of just basically going off on the guy, you know, and not even saying, hey, you know, this is what I like and not like about it. I mean, he just went off on him. So I think they could make something work, you know, with that general concept, yeah. in my opinion. Anthony, the problem I have is that I think it works perfectly right now. I think they have it. Uh, it's a perfect setup as it is right now. And the only reason why you're going to change it is because you want a bigger TV contract. And you realize that if you put more playoff teams in, it's not about the, the good of the game or what fans want. Fans have come out and pretty much said they don't like it. 
What they're going to, why they're going to do this, why this is going to happen is for one simple reason. It's just about lining the owner's pockets. And I don't, that's not something that I'm interested in. And that's why I think it's a terrible, terrible idea to take what you have that's special and be like everybody else is a terrible way to approach things. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're out of time already. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.